Today's Egg Spotlight episode is sponsored by Coolers. Make every day a cool day for your cows. The Coolers system allows you to control the cow's environment 24-7. For more information, go to northamericanag.com and find them in the Industry Connect section. Hi, and welcome to the North American Egg Spotlight. I'm Chrissy Wozniak. I'm excited today to be speaking with a dairy farmer turned entrepreneur. He was born in Ontario, Canada, into a dairy farming family. He's devoted his life and his career to the health and safety of cattle and is now president of AgriTrack. I'd like to welcome Tom Woodall. Thanks, Tom, so much for being here today. Thanks, Christy. I really appreciate uh, you inviting me onto your show here. So that's great. So can you tell me a little bit about your background? Oh, I was born and raised on a dairy farm. Uh, at the time, the, the barn that we were working in, it had last been renovated in the 1940s. So it was pretty old school. And <clears throat> we stopped shipping milk when they stopped taking cans in the early 70s. So that wow. kind of goes back to how I started and uh, dealing with barns and why getting into the renovation business. Uh, it was like, I was a hero <laughs> because I had put up with, you know, that old barn for so long. But uh, anyway, I, I took on a, a summer job in 1975 with a barn renovator. Got it, you know, installed new stabling and stable cleaners. You know, wow, that that was amazing. Right. We we still used a litter carrier at home with the track around the barn. So, but uh, yeah, I, I went back working for him after I graduated uh, college with a farm business management diploma and and uh, spent the next 25 years air hammering and replacing concrete and stalls in the barns and you know I, I still love pouring concrete but that's a young man's job <clears throat> and uh, you know so once you hit 40 you got to start working smarter not harder so uh, I got to thinking that why am I breaking out six inches of perfectly good concrete just because the top eighth of an inch is wrong in a lot of instances like with slippery floors. So, so that's what kind of started my research into how we can change the texture of the floors for, you know, uh, safety for the cows. So, you know, that started in the, in the early 1990s. Wow. Yeah. So what was that, that catalyst that said, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to have a business. How did that go? Well, it uh, it went well. Uh, like I said, uh, doing the barn renovations was was a joy. You know, seeing walking into an old barn like you know what we had at home, and you know, two weeks later, three weeks later, whatever, uh, the guy had a, a modern facility, and yeah, that just you know, uh, I fell in love with that. You know, right from then on, and uh, right. you know, then like I said, uh, that's that's a young man's game when you're pouring concrete so you know the development of uh the traction milling uh, that was kind of a long process it started in the in the early 90s and with experimenting around different different things uh, we had tried and uh and then the slat manufacturers approached us and and wanted to know what we could do on the precast slats so we experimented around and and uh yeah so because you know, what we do on slats, it'll, it'll work on any kind of concrete floor. So, and, uh, the rest is history. I just kept getting further and further away from home and, you know, ended up shutting down the construction end of it. Uh, oh, and the early O's like 2001, 2002 and dedicated full time to 
crisscrossing North America, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, proving that this, this worked better than anything else out there. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of my story. Yeah. And cattle health is obviously the number one priority on dairy farms. So how does the, how does flooring impact the cow's well-being? Well, uh, it, uh, the number one problem uh, on a dairy farm has has always been mastitis, but lameness is always the number two problem. And uh, you know, like like us, if our feet hurt, our whole body hurts. And uh, yeah, so with these modern freestall facilities, there's a lot of walking in there for the cows. So if you can't walk in comfort, you can't eat, you can't drink, you can't sleep, you can't go to get milk two to three times a day. So. Uh, that's, that's where these modern facilities, uh, the floor is a very critical part. And I got to say that the hoof trimmers do a fantastic job of keeping these cows mobile, uh, when they do have problems, but, uh, Hey, we always got to try and figure out what part of the, the cause is for foot problems. And, you know, it's, it's the floors, you know, and a lot of times, so, you know, nutrition and all that plays a factor, but, you know, if you can make the, make the floors better for them then that just eliminates one more variable yeah and so what exactly is traction milling attraction milling is the patented equipment that we've developed that provides full floor surface traction in every direction with every step uh, instead of the old slip and catch method of traditional grooving uh, since 1997 we've done thousands of farms across north america and over 7 million square feet uh, 80% of the floors we have done is over top of the grooving that's not working anymore. So, you know, we, we give a, a texture on the floor that gives them firm traction every step, every direction. Very good. And what about maintenance? What do you recommend? Well, there's so many things that uh, come into play. Uh, that can compromise a floor surface. You know, some of it's maintenance, some of it's environmental factors, some of it's mechanical actions. Uh, I, I wrote an article for the Progressive Dairyman a few years ago uh, that lists all of those uh, variables and uh, the potential solutions for those. So, you know, that's a, that can, we could do a whole seminar just on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, so can any, uh, any barn floor have this done? Uh, well, AgriTrack is the only process that you can do on slatted floors, like the precast okay. slatted floors that won't void the warranty. We worked in oh, conjunction. Wow. We worked in conjunction with the slat manufacturers back in the nineties and developing this. And, uh, because it'll work on precast, it'll work on any kind of concrete floor. Uh, it doesn't even have to be a barn floor. We've done, uh, commercial, residential. Actually, tomorrow I'm going to be doing a, a sidewalk in front of a church. So, oh wow! Uh, yeah, so uh, we can we can do anything that's concrete. We can we can put this texture in, or you know, lower it uh, to you know improve the grades. You know, so water runs the right direction in some situations. Yeah, there's a lot of things that we can do with this, and the equipment is you know, quite small and compact. So we can get into milking parlors, the return alleys. I've even, I've even done steps, you know, the steps down into the parlor and that, that are a hazard to the, to the workers. So. Yeah. yeah. And, and many barn floors that I've seen are grooved in one direction, but you say you go in every direction. So, um, so why is that? And why is one direction not sufficient? Well, the, the, 
grooving the one direction grooving they just put a cut in the floor about every three or four inches and okay. and hopefully when the cow's foot slips and gets caught and stops and i always say that or ask people that if, if they ever you know jam their thumbnail over on something well generally we've all experienced that i say now stick it in manure for two weeks and what do you got that's mm-hmm. the same as what the hoof trimmers are having to deal with uh, you know delaminations white line abscesses uh you know sole ulcers, things like that, from that slip and catch trauma. Uh, the texture that we put it on the floor is just gives them firm traction all the time. You know, there, there's no slip and catch. So a totally different science than grooving. Mm-hmm. And dark, less ventilated areas like parlors and holding areas, they often have like a brown, greasy film on the floor. What is that film? That's generally a, an algae that's, uh, it, grows in the storage tanks like in flush barns and uh, you've got a pit underneath the milk uh, the milk parlor where it catches the, the wash water and then you use that as recycled water for flushing down uh, even even using fresh water you'll still end up with that that brown grease in in certain spots that don't get a lot of traffic and uh, mm-hmm. you know that that's easily taken care of with a you know a cup full of the acid from the milk house, from the from the wash, the pipeline washes and that, and put a cup or two of that in a five-gallon pail of water, spread it around on the floor, and scrub it with a stable broom. And you know, that that usually gets rid of it in the short term. But long term, it's yeah, it's just one of those ongoing problems, you know, with the damp and the dark, you know. Yeah. And and lime used to be the solution for barn floors. Is that still a solution that you recommend? Well, they, they used to put lime on the cow beds. Uh, a lot of people still do. Uh, it's a That's a 1940s fix for a 1960s barn. It works great in a tie stall barn. You know, the, the lime gets kicked out and into the gutter, goes out to the field, and, you know, that's, that's good for the good for the crops but in the freestall barns it gets kicked off the cow beds and onto the floors and since uh, the floors are wet the minute you put lime with water you have just created mortar you know mortar and cement and uh, so a lot of a lot of these floors that are compromised and gotten slippery everybody thinks that they've worn down when actually they've they've filled up and wow. uh, the only time, the only time you generally get wear on a barn floor is if you've got a sand bar. So, you know, if you're not using sand, then it's, it's the, the problem is filling up. Right. Yeah. And modern freestyle barns, they're typically designed around a manure handling system. But what happens to the floors over time? Well, as long as you keep it as a liquid manure system, it, it generally works fine. They, they become very efficient in the, the handling and the cleaning of the floors. Uh, where you run into problems with that is if you start separating the liquids from the solids too quickly, too soon on the floors. Uh, that happens from <clears throat> too much ventilation or uh, too much slope on the floors, and then the solids just get spread around like peanut butter and mm. start to dry, and you end up with this layer of almost like greasy chipboard buildup on the, on the floors. And it doesn't matter what kind of texture or grooving you have on the floor, you end up with this, this uh, dry material that's greasy and slippery. So. Right. Yeah. I've, I've actually, I've heard you say before about um, the oils that are in the feed and how that's contributing to slippery floors too. Is that right? 
Yeah, that's something that uh, I've just noticed or, you know, started to research on recently in the last year or two, that there's been floors that I've gone to and you can still see perfect texture and everything, but it looks like they put a coat of varathane on the floors. It's, it's almost like a, a shellac and it's, it's really shiny and it's, it's slippery. And, uh, you know, so I, I've been talking with uh, nutritionists about uh, the palm oil that, uh, you know, they're, they're now putting in the feeds and that to, to up the fat content. And yeah, so that's, that's another fairly new thing that mm-hmm. we're starting to see that's compromising the floors, and making them slippery. The floors look perfect, but there's just no grip to them because it's, you know, it's like a dining room table. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's smooth. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And, and what advice would you give to somebody who's planning a new barn build? Well, there's, it all depends on where you are. There's so many factors and variables, again, on that. Uh, just the geographic locations and situations, uh, ventilation, temperatures, cold. You know, there's, there's I, I can't tell you how to build a perfect barn, but I've been to so many farms and places that I can tell you a lot of things not to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of that. So... You know, there again, that's a that's another whole session and right. <laughs> a list of articles that could be written. And uh, you know, I have I have done a few of those too. So there, yeah. you can always find find those progressive dairymen. I've written quite a few on on those things for them. Mm-hmm. And you have traveled extensively over the last year, um, well, your whole life really, while you've been doing this, and you've been talking directly to dairy farmers through the pandemic. What are they saying about the direction of the industry? Well, the direction of the industry is is fascinating because 20 years ago uh, at the farm shows, uh, I was starting to get a little bit worried about the future for the dairy industry because, or farming in general. Mm-hmm. Everybody that you saw walk by the booth, they were 50 plus and you know, all crippled up and limping and you know just all wore out. And now, now, recently, the last, I'd say, eight, 10 years, when you go to a farm show and when you go to the farms, uh, it's the younger generation that's... Uh, back there now and and taking over the farms and i think technology has had a big influence in that it's uh taken away the drudgery and the the hard physical labor and that and now with the equipment and technology it's just a case of becoming as efficient as possible using it because hey it is expensive you know the the technology out there it's like nothing we've ever imagined 25 30 years ago but you know, it, 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 we can do the impossible. It just costs a lot more. And uh, with that, you have to be an exceptional manager and be very efficient. And that's what the, the younger generation has taken on. And uh, yeah, I, I'm really happy to see it. It's, it's great. Definitely. Yeah. And, and so what have you observed over the last 16 months on farms in North America? Have there been any changes? Well, by and large, the rural uh, population, uh, this whole pandemic thing, it really hasn't affected anybody that much. You know, we're, you know, we're, we're everybody's so busy doing what they have to do that, you know, they've just shut off the news and, you know, moved on. And, uh, you know, so that end, I'm not seeing a lot of 
panic or fear or anything you know the cows still have to be milked no matter what so uh and fed and everything now that said the one thing that i am seeing and hearing more is uh, as efficient as they have to be it's getting harder and harder because of the input costs that are you know going up and uh feed shortages and that uh yeah that's uh you know the margins are going down so are getting smaller so a lot of farmers are having to triage as to, you know, what's their priority, <clears throat> you know, you know, keeping the cows from slipping and falling or having feed in front of them to eat every day. So, you know, they're, they're, uh, <laughs> you know, trying to play both ends to the middle there and uh, still survive. So that's, that's what I'm seeing out there that it's getting harder and harder to uh, be efficient with those margins that they're working with now. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think we've all discovered how important the supply chain is over yes, the last you know, year, right? Yep, and parts, parts for equipment, you know, mm-hmm. that's getting harder and harder for them. And, uh, you know, I know they're struggling with uh, feed shortages out west and, you know, out you know in BC, it's uh, the feed costs because of the price of land that's uh, fewer and fewer making the forage that the cows need. So it's getting more expensive. Yeah, and now with the the crazy weather in all parts of North America too this year, I'm sure that's going to add to the stress. Oh, yep, <laughs> that's yeah. and that's that's the thing, you know, you, you know, the farmers of the 50s, 60s, 70s, and maybe into the 80s, they were dealing with strain. Uh, the farmers now they're dealing with stress. Yeah, for sure. So, where can people find more information about AgriTrack? Well, we have a website and we're on Facebook. Uh, we usually post uh, pictures of the farms and where we've been every time we've been to a place, uh, you know, in the United States and in Canada. And it's not just me that does this. Uh, I I prefer to be out on the job and doing it as much as possible because, you know, I just like doing the work, you know. So, yeah. but uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Facebook, uh, website. Uh, Anybody wants to call me, email me, uh, by all means, I, you know me, I love to talk. So, uh, you know, if they have questions on anything or even like what not to do in your new barn when you're building it, yeah, right. I, can, I can give you a lot of, a lot of tips and pointers on that. So That's awesome. yeah, it's, That's you know, good. always, always happy to talk with somebody about this because it's, uh, or any of these things because mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you're, uh, you're always a fixture at all the farm shows too. So what what's on your schedule upcoming? Uh, upcoming, uh, we're I'm going to be heading down to the Maritime. So because of the Atlantic bubble down there for the last year and a half, it's been a uh, bit of a struggle getting getting through down there with all the hoops you got to jump through. So, but uh, as it looks right now, I'm leaving Monday. I've got several jobs on PEI to do and. And I'll be working my way back westwards, you know, through Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and then back home here. So, yeah, and uh, looks like back out out west sometime, you know, mid to late September. So after I get everything here in Ontario tidied up, so, yeah, that's uh, I sure I sure get to see a, a lot of the countryside. And up until 20 years ago, I'd never been any more than 150 miles from home. I thought all of Canada looked like Southern Ontario. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a big country and every, every province has its charm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And your, um, your U.S. office as well, they'll probably be at World Dairy again, right? Uh, no, I don't think they'll be at World Dairy. Right. They've been, they've been uh, uh, focusing mostly on Pennsylvania, New York uh, mm-hmm. this, this past few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be getting a, another presence in Wisconsin uh, probably in the next year or two. But, uh, that, they, they seem to be struggling in Wisconsin uh, for some reason, I don't know whether it's because the farms are bigger and they're even more, you know, cash strapped. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, Wisconsin's, uh, the Midwest is, is different than the Northeast in the United States. That's for sure. Yeah. And, uh, so I have one last question for you. What did God put you on the earth to accomplish and what are you most oh. passionate about? <laughs> My favorite question. Favorite question. I don't know what God has put me on this earth for because I've given him a lot of opportunities and reasons to take me off of it. (laughs) And uh, he hasn't yet. So I can only assume that he's not finished yet. So uh, whatever he has planned, uh, you know, uh, he'll, he'll show me in his time and uh, then I'll be happy to do it. Uh, Passion. uh, I, I love to make people laugh or smile, you know, even the, the checkout girl at the grocery store or something, you know, I usually have something to make her giggle, you know, yeah. uh, it's, uh, you know, like everybody else, you know, I've, I've been through some dark times. We all have. And, uh, I was fortunate enough that I, I could use humor as a ladder to climb out of it. And now if I can make somebody laugh, uh, I just sent them on a vin- mini vacation from their problems. And, uh, you know, people seem to appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I make, I make God laugh every day, you know, all I, <laughs> <laughs> all I do is tell them what my plans are for, for the future. And he just laughs and laughs. And says, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I hear that <laughs> so, one. <laughs> yeah, so so I, I, I make God laugh every day, telling them what I'm going to do. <laughs> That's a really good point. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, thanks for sharing the information. Well, thank you for asking and, uh, you know, helping to get this out. Uh, I I really appreciate it. And, you know, love to see you again. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, hopefully at the farm shows. When they come back, we'll be able to, to connect up again face to face. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks to everyone who's watching or listening. If you want more information, the links are provided in the show notes. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to North American Ag Spotlight on YouTube and Rumble channels. And the podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have a great day. Thanks, Chrissy. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's Egg Spotlight episode, where we put the spotlight on people and companies doing great things for the agricultural industry. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, or on your favorite podcasting platform and give us a five-star review. You can also follow us on YouTube and Rumble to see the video version of Egg Spotlight. Also, head on over to NorthAmericanAg.com to subscribe to our Industry Connect update newsletter. If you're interested in advertising opportunities, email us at connect at NorthAmericanAg.com. Thanks for listening. Fastline Auctions, the ultimate destination for online farm equipment auctions. Looking to list equipment? 
Fastline Auctions knows farmers, and farmers have trusted Fastline for their equipment needs for over 45 years. With unmatched digital reach and direct-to-farmer catalogs, they can find the right buyer for your equipment. Not to mention, they have the industry's lowest commission rates. And if you're looking for equipment to buy, you can bid with confidence. No buyer premiums, no reserves, just integrity. Fastline Auctions, your trusted platform for hassle-free, cost-effective farm equipment auctions. Visit fastline.com for more information. You can join us for a tour of the Fastline Auctions platform July 13th at 6.30 p.m. To register for this webinar, go to northamericanag.com slash fastline hyphen webinar. That's northamericanag.com slash fastline hyphen webinar to register now.